This series of Friday's Child is brought to you in association with The Healthy Home. I don't know about you mamas, but my desire to nest and organize my home has only increased since the arrival of my daughter. I am obsessed with making sure my home is clean and hygienic for my little one, but there are certain germs and nasties that cannot be seen by the naked eye. Well, this is where the wonderful team at The Healthy Home come in. The Healthy Home is the leading company in the Middle East specialized in advanced eco-friendly sanitization technologies, home services and products. Their esteemed team have been expert leaders in the home services industry since 2013, so they really know what they're doing. As we enter the height of the sweltering summer heat here in the UAE, we are all going to be spending a lot more time in our homes and our AC systems are going to be working overtime. So now is the perfect time to get the healthy home team in to make sure your home is free of impurities that cannot be removed by regular cleaning methods. And if not managed properly, germs, bacteria and viruses can be spread across your home through your AC. Poor indoor air quality can trigger allergies, asthma, eczema, morning fatigue, itchy eyes and even bed bugs. So protect your family and have peace of mind that your home is not only clean, but safe. I recently had the Healthy Home team in to clean and sanitize my baby's nursery, including her crib mattress along with my mattress. And if you want to see what came off my poor mattress after the team had worked their magic, check out my highlighted stories on the Friday's Child Instagram page for a real shot. All their treatments are chemical-free and eco-friendly, so they're 100% safe for infants and children. It felt so fantastic to know my baby's mattress was thoroughly cleaned and sanitized, along with the rest of her nursery. And mamas, guess what? These treatments don't just give you peace of mind that everything is beautifully clean. The benefits also include better breathing, better sleep, and improved energy levels. And I'm delighted to report we all slept very soundly through the night after that one visit from the Healthy Home team. The Healthy Home has quickly become an integral part of our home maintenance and I've already marked on the calendar our next visit as it's very important to have these treatments every six months to maintain all the fabulous health benefits. If you'd like to find out more about the Healthy Home Services, just visit their website www.thehealthyhome.me or check out their Instagram page, both of which are linked in the show notes of this episode. Welcome to a brand new series of Friday's Child, the podcast on a mission to educate, empower and support you on your parenting journey. I'm your host, Peter, a British expat who's been living in Dubai for 10 years and first-time mama to my gorgeous little girl, Mavia. I have some incredible guests for you this season, including Heidi Murkoff, the author of the iconic, best-selling book, What to Expect When You're Expecting, YouTube star, Nurse Zabe, along with amazing childbirth educators, parenting coaches, and real mums keeping it very real. So let's get into it. My guest for this first episode of our new series needs little introduction. She is the author of the What to Expect When You're Expecting series of pregnancy guides. She is also the creator of whattoexpect.com and founder of the What to Expect Foundation. Time magazine named this incredible lady one of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2011. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with the one and only Heidi Murkoff. Heidi, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you. It's so great to be. I, well, I wish I were actually there in Dubai with you. Me too. It's honestly a dream come true to have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you are a legend. You're an icon. Um, yeah. I'm just a mom. <laughs> well, that in itself is a pretty amazing role. So honestly, it means it means the world. Um, so to get started, I would love to hear about your incredible career and how you conceived the idea for what to expect when you're expecting. Literally conceived it. So yeah, um, I got knocked out. Um, <laughs> True story, can't make this stuff up, but um, Eric and I barely knew each other. We got married like after knowing each other for a few months and then like three months later, oops, I was pregnant. I didn't, I was so young, I didn't even see that coming. Um, so yeah, the, the young and dumb image <laughs> that would be me. Um, and so, uh, right away, I was like in panic mode because I had no idea what to expect. But um, and there were really very few books. I I read the couple that were out there, and they were uniformly terrifying. Mm. They didn't answer my questions, or they were written by older male doctors. Nothing wrong with that. Not disparaging. Not dissing. But people who had not walked in my shoes so therefore they didn't know my shoes didn't fit because my feet were swollen i mean that kind of empathy and perspective is so critical to the process um and i needed someone you know i had so many worries and so many questions and i needed someone who could talk me off the ledge right um and eric because you know he was in this too and we were both completely clueless we were the first ones among our friends to get pregnant and and therefore we didn't have that kind of there was no internet so it wasn't like i could go google mixed blessing i i should add um so maybe that was a good thing but at the same time i didn't feel empowered to call my doctor 24 7 and ask for all the questions that i had so i just spent all day and night worrying and two hours before i went into labor with emma I delivered a proposal for a book that would become what to expect when you're expecting. I, so it was a busy day, like really super busy because I delivered two babies in one day. Um, And then I had no clue that um, it, it, well, I had no actually ambition that anyone would actually read it. It was, it was more of a mom on a mission. So it wasn't ambition. It was mission driven. Mm. And so I figured if a couple of parents slept better at night than we had, I would have accomplished what I set out to do. Never, ever did I expect it to become a series of books. I could totally not have foreseen, uh, you know, being an app. <laughs> what was an app? We didn't have apps. Um, and, and having, you know, a foundation and all this other stuff that came after. So it, the mission of that day lives on because the mission hasn't changed at all. It's the same mission, just many more applications and it's grown. But the idea is to hold your hand, give you a hug when you need it most through a journey that can be exciting and yet completely bewildering 
and terrifying sometimes. And that's all you need sometimes is to know that you're not alone. Yeah. So that, that was how what to expect was conceived and what happened after there after that was just like happened. And so during your pregnancy, you were writing the book. No, actually, I wrote the proposal for a book. Okay. So that day. And then while I was breastfeeding Emma, I would be at the, um, you know, at the old desktop, like knocking away at the, at the keyboard. Wow. And that was how the, my career was born. I mean, I was barely an adult before that. I wrote advertising for like five minutes um, before all of this happened. And then it's just been this this mission ever since it's just incredible and the app i have to say was my my bible during my pregnancy and one of the things i love most about it was the forums because mm-hmm. particularly in those really early days where you just yeah. have a million questions um, and you want to talk to someone who is on the exact same day as you you yes. know sort of like day or week wise during your pregnancy and I found those forums just so comforting and you know we're chatting to other moms like all over the world you know but Which we're is- all connected because of this shared experience oh yes that's I mean I always say motherhood is the ultimate sisterhood and I know this because I travel around the world and I hug moms from every single socioeconomic, religious, racial, cultural, political profile, um, living in a refugee camp or in a suburb or a military base. Um, Every mom has that emotional bond that connects her to other moms. But before these forums, before, you know, it became so easy to contact other moms in completely other circumstances, maybe you wouldn't even have you know, said hello to them if you were online at Starbucks, right? You, because you didn't know them, but here you are connecting with a mom in, you know, thousands of miles away from you with a completely different background. You don't know what her, her belief system is. All you know is that she's a mom and she gets you. Yeah. And so I said, it's a mixed blessing. It's a mixed blessing because sometimes, you know, moms can judge moms and spread misinformation, but what what to expect is very um, nurturing in that way. Mm. And that's uh, modeled after, you know, my belief system that everybody um, is in this together. Like, and, and we don't, we don't judge other moms, we support them, which, yeah. but it, incredibly comforting to know that other moms are going through the exact same thing at the exact same time and relate to what you're going through yeah and I think especially if you're having any struggles to not feel alone just means everything and is is in the same situation as you and I since I've become a mom I don't care what your circumstances are it is hard it doesn't matter how much help you have how much money you have Mm-hmm. it is hard and yeah. it is that thing where you immediately feel connected to another mom because you just know like you both know what you're going through and I found the support on the app amazing and the other thing I loved about it was the seeing your your baby size each week mm-hmm. and I right. was I mean I was just obsessed I couldn't wait until I hit certain milestones like 
oh my God, what size is she going to be now? And what's going on in there and your videos. And it was such a part of my pregnancy. And it really became sort of like something to really look forward to. Like, okay, she's going to be 28 weeks next week. That's a a big one. Um, Mm -hmm. Lots of changes then. And I'm sure you must hear that all the time. I, I do, but I can't hear it enough because that was the whole point. I mean, um, it, it's, it's almost like you're bonding in a, in a way with your baby um, in a way that you probably couldn't have before all of this technology mm. um, existed. You know, you used to be pregnant, you got pregnant, you found out you had a baby, like there wasn't much in between and you felt the baby kick, stuff like that. But here you are learning all about your baby's development in um, which makes you and your partner. And what I love hearing also is siblings. You know, I have fans who are like five, six years old who can't watch, wait to watch the video every yeah. week because they get to see the baby. And they get to see their baby sibling and start bonding because it's such an abstract concept. There's a baby inside of you. For us, it's an abstract concept. For a five-year-old, it's even more abstract. So oh, yeah. it, it's a way of making that connection and building those bonds even before the baby's born, which I think helps immeasurably. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't get my head around it. She's, she's here, and yeah. I'm going to be holding her soon. I just couldn't. Right. And I kept saying to my husband, I can't wait to meet her. And he's like, you know, she's in you, right? Like you're with her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you know what I mean? I just, I couldn't get my head around it. It's such a miracle. It's, it's bizarre. It, it's, yeah. It really is. And it's the source of so many anxieties and so many worries and so much excitement, so many emotions of all different kinds. Um, and again, hearing that other moms and dads are going through the same experiences is, is so helpful. You know, you know, you're not crazy. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're um, feeling what other parents are feeling, that uncertainty. Um, there are a lot of question marks, right? And, and they do know, continue. Yeah, they totally do. Well, babies don't come with instructions, right? So like, what to expect is the next best thing, but every baby's different and every, every parent is different. So even if you have lots of questions and you get answers from various sources, it may fit your baby. It may not fit your baby because there's, they're also different. You'll find out when you have your second, if you have a second, that second one's completely different than the first. Yeah. Yeah, And yeah, and the, exactly. No two pregnancies are the same. No two babies are the same. And the questions just continue. But I found, particularly in those newborn days, I would refer to the app a lot just mm-hmm. because everything is so new and you really don't know what you're doing. I mean, you've never had a baby before. Why would you? So I found mm-hmm. those early days, it's it's so helpful as well, just for really basic things like how many dirty nappies or diapers yeah. is normal. <laughs> You know, it's really simple things. Like you just don't know, do you? You don't know uh, breastfeeding, for instance. Everybody says natural process doesn't always come naturally. Like I'll tell you a little story. 
the first time I breastfed Emma, well, first of all, I'd never held a baby before. So this whole thing was completely new to me and to Eric. But um, I put her on my breast and I'm thinking, wow, this is going really awesome. Like I got this patting myself on the back. And then she comes off the breast and I have a huge hickey on the side of my areola, nowhere close, nowhere close to the target. But she was sucking away happily because babies like to suck. Yeah. Bottom line is like, it, it's a learning curve. Everything you do as a new parent, you learn in the trenches. You can get lots of advice and you should, and lots of advice from a pediatrician and, and other parents and from what to expect. But a lot of it, you just learn in the trenches, you know, one, dirty nappy at a time you know one when unexplained crying you know bout at a time yeah you're learning on the job totally. um and it's only job that they make you learn completely on your own yeah right the you don't get a license hardest job they send you home they send you home Oh, when the enormity of that hit me when I walked in the front door with Emma in my arms and she was crying and I had no idea how to get her to stop crying, I started crying because I thought, what were they thinking? Mm. Sending me home with a baby, fully responsible for this baby that I didn't know how to take care of. Yeah, and, and sure I figured it out, but thank goodness you listened to that calling and you followed your mission because it must have been really difficult to not have resources like the internet like apps we take it all for granted I can just go on my app you know look yeah. something up yeah. at whatever time of the day that must have been really yeah quite scary because where do you go it, well and you know you could go to the pediatrician and you should often go to the pediatrician if you have any concerns and there's no question that's too small, too stupid. Like there's no such thing when you're pregnant or when you have a new baby, call the doctor, they expect you to. So that's, that's one thing. Um, you could call your mother and I'm sure you do, but things have changed a lot since her Yeah, day. And often my mom says, P, I am so sorry, but I just don't remember. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't remember if you enjoyed sleeping on your front or back, or I don't remember, you know, like there are certain details. But which... that's, that's the thing. When I put my babies down to sleep, they were on their tummies, right? That has changed. You put yeah. babies on their backs. Now their heads start flattening because they're always on their backs. There's like so many things you need to know. Um, and so many things have changed. You may have your mother saying, well, you know, you're starving the baby because you're not bottle feeding. How do you know your baby's getting enough? There's no little calibrations on the side of your breast to, to mm. show how many ounces you have given your baby. So there are, there, grandparents are, um, are amazing and full of love, but not always, unless maybe they're me, um, yeah. full of good advice. <laughs> so you have to, you know, you, you just have to have another source that's more, um, that's objective, but also reliable mm. um, and up to date because things do change yeah. really, really quickly. I mean, some things never change. Thank God babies will always smell the same way. That's incredible. Um, but things change. Yeah, they do. And, and you're so right. I think, you know, 
I think parents and family members, they all mean the best. Their intentions are always good. Um, but sometimes it might not align with the way you want to do things as well. So it's a, it's a very, it's a very delicate situation and it's a podcast all in its, all in itself, which I'm sure you've also covered. Um, Heidi, can you tell us about the incredible work you do with the what to expect project? Yeah. So it, this, um, that, that mission, which again falls along the same mission, different application, that started when the first time I I was I was invited to uh, talk to pregnant inmates at a New York City uh, prison, and the first thing that struck me was that these moms were exactly, yeah, they were in jail, but they again motherhood being the ultimate sisterhood. That was my epiphany moment that every mom needs and deserves the same amount of support. Um, empathy, information. Um, every mom wants what's best for a baby. So moms have different challenges around the world. Um, maternal health in the US is terrible. And that's largely due to racial disparities. Um, so we have a very high black maternal mortality rate. We have a high rate of mortality among um, indigenous moms, um, Alaskan, Native American, American Indian. Um, so because of that, because moms around the world need and deserve that support, we created the, the um, What to Expect project. I've been all over the world hugging moms in Somalian refugee camps, uh, Syrian refugee camps. Um, we've gone to South Sudan twice uh, and visited um, POC camps there. and. Also, our last trip before um, before coronavirus mm -hmm. was to uh, to visit moms in Bangladesh and India and visit clinics there um, with uh, an organization called Chapaigo. We've traveled with International Medical Corps, but the it's amazing. No matter where I go, I will get it's a village in Africa. I will still get questions that are the same. Um, you know, and I will get hugs that are as warm and, you know, it, it, it just, it just shows how, how connected we are on such a fundamental level, mm. but the challenges are great for some moms. So, so overwhelmingly great. Um, at, you know, we saw a mom in South Sudan who'd walked 15 miles in labor, um, barefoot. <sighs> To get to a safe place to deliver her baby and the safe place being a very basic clinic with uh and midwife training center that had you know didn't even have running water there was there were no but it she had the hands of a skilled midwife um no equipment the hands you know a fetoscope and the hands mm. and that's all it took to deliver a healthy baby but there's so much work to be done, and that's um, that's what the project's all about. And by the way, you guys can all participate on Bump Day, which will be our seventh annual, July 21st. Um, it's it's a way of showing support for moms around the world and uh, showing the importance of of um, speaking out about maternal health. Mm until every mom gets the healthy beginning and the healthy future that she deserves. Like moms should not die giving life. And yet it's, it happens too many times per day 
to count. Um, and most, the two thirds of, of maternal deaths in the US even are preventable, preventable. So it's speaking out about that, but it's showing a, a photo of your bump past your present um, with the hashtag bump day on July 21st. And that's how, you know, last year we had people from around the world uh, showing their bumps and speaking up and telling their stories, you yeah. know, their journey, which is really important. Um, oh, we will definitely be doing that 100%. And, you know, that lady you were talking about, okay, great, she delivered a healthy baby. But what happens when it doesn't go that way? And you need that medical care and intervention and you need that support. This is the issue. Thank God her baby was okay, but sometimes it doesn't go that way. And, you know, having given birth myself, I can't imagine not being in a safe place and you are at your most vulnerable. And yes, it's the most natural thing in the world, but it's also a natural trauma. And it is, and and when it's a natural process that that used to end in in death a lot of the time before yeah. we knew enough to wash our hands before delivering a baby, right? That women died of infection and hemorrhage. You know, they they were you know they had a, a very limited lifespan due to to that. So we take a lot for granted. We, we do, do, we do, and you know. I gave birth in a country which isn't my home country and I was so conscious of how lucky I was to have yeah. the care I had. I mean, it could not have been more incredible. And I definitely was conscious of it the whole time because even friends of mine in the UK were telling me about their experience and it was very different mm -hmm. and they didn't get the care that I got. And so, and every woman should have that care regardless of where they are um and you have you must have heard so many tragic stories I mean you must have seen some things which really change your life and that you can't you can't unsee you can't forget about no I I you know especially in air you know here's the thing um we we were in uh Sierra Leone just after Ebola um and what happens, sadly, tragically, unacceptably, is that maternal health is never a nation's top priority. So um, in public health, it is the foundation of all health, and yet it is not a public health priority as it should be. So when Ebola hit, people stopped, you know, people stopped focusing on maternal health, people stopped focusing on on child health on, on babies but especially on maternal health and women who are the primary caregivers usually um were getting sick and dying nobody wanted to go to a hospital or a clinic and so what happened was even once ebola was over there was a dark shadow a long dark shadow on maternal health it decimated it in fact, COVID has done much of the same thing in that women stopped going to get the care they mm. needed because these were places you go when you're sick, hospitals, clinics. I'm talking about globally and in the US. Um, and I'm sure elsewhere, vaccination rates have plummeted. 
because everybody's thinking, oh, you know, I shouldn't take my baby to the doctor. I shouldn't go to the doctor because it's not safe. I shouldn't go to a clinic. I shouldn't go to a hospital. And so the gaps that already existed before COVID have only widened. And the yeah. less here, and I, I sounded the alarm like back in February, March of 2020. I said, everybody, this is going to happen. And unfortunately, everybody was focused on COVID. I understand that. I get it. But maternal health was not on anyone's radar. And I knew this would happen. Others did too, of course. I'm not unique in that. But um, I think the lesson is that we have to put uh, priority on maternal health, and we don't at this moment. Um, some countries do. Some countries do a remarkable job. But for instance, U.S., the, the maternal mortality is higher than in any other developed country. It is the only country where maternal mortality is growing. Okay. Wealthiest country in the world. So we're doing something really wrong on, on a global level, but also um, in the U.S. So I, it's just a really important conversation to have, um, you know, Black moms matter, all, you know, every mom's life matters. Um, but we tend to focus more, more on later on. But that, that pregnancy and getting her through a pregnancy safely, even preconception, these are really important. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation of a child's future health. And therefore, it's, a it's the foundation of our collective future. So yeah, it's heavy, but it's, it's, it's a important conversation. And it has to continue. And the work you do is so remarkable. And thank you. And what you were saying about COVID, you know, I'm on a lot of forums and groups and apps in the amount of ladies that have had nobody visit them because of COVID. Yes. And they are suffering with postnatal depression or they can't feed their baby or, and they just have nobody and yes, we can reach out to people online and thank goodness we have that, but the damage that that can do and the impact that that can have then on, you know, your child's life, your mental health. I mean, that's a, that's a pandemic in itself. It is. And the mental health aspect of it, you know, we know at least one in seven women have some kind of uh, perinatal mood disorder. Um, that's probably a low estimate and it's probably grown during COVID um, because these are super challenging times. You don't get the support, you don't get the interaction and it sounds silly, but I can't tell you how many moms and it's not silly at all, but how many moms felt cheated at, uh, over not having, you know, the baby showers, the, the, the celebration, you know, all the things that you take you know, for granted, I was going to have this celebration and I couldn't have it. Yeah, there's virtual, um, but it's not the same. And, you know, there are silver linings, I have to say, to COVID. Um, first of all, you know, you get to bond as a little mm. nuclear family in a way that you wouldn't with other family coming in and, you know, interfering, doing that maternal gatekeeping that always keeps fathers away. So I think in what in because more dads were working from home and were able to spend more time, that was a that was a super positive thing. Um, but yes, without a doubt, mental health has suffered across the board. 
And it's something that also needs a conversation. It needs to be talked about and it needs to be diagnosed and treated. And by the way, it doesn't just happen after a baby's born, it happens during pregnancy. It doesn't just take the form of depression. Anxiety disorder is yeah. a common form that it takes. OCD, postpartum PTSD, psychosis. There are all different ways that it manifests. You may feel angry. You may feel um, sad. You may feel withdrawn. You may not want to leave the house. There are all different ways that you can experience it. But one common thing is that it's not normal and it is treatable. And women have to start speaking up getting the help they need um, because there shouldn't be any stigma to that. And in many cultures, there, there is significant yeah. stigma. Which that, there is. And I think even on sort of a lower level, I now only follow Instagram accounts and your daughter is fantastic at this. <laughs> Keep it really real. Yeah. I don't want just pretty pictures. I want to know that you are struggling with the same things as me. Yeah. And I want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly because yeah. that does then make you not feel alone. It comes back to that whole thing of we just want to be understood and feel connected and not alone. And there are some amazing people now that are just keeping it really real. And I love that. And it doesn't, even on a level where you may not be suffering with any sort of disorder or depression, but you're having a really hard time. And I'm that's okay, a, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And some weeks and days and months are really hard. And and you're very honest with your podcast as well. And your daughter shares a lot too. And I just, those sort of conversations are just so refreshing. And, you know, as a relatively new mom, my baby's nine months, you know, I'll have a podcast on in the background and it really helps. I'm like, oh, okay, so she has that issue with her husband too. It's not just right. me. Your daughter was saying something in the the episode I was listening to today with um, Dr. Tracy about relationships after your baby, about how she often will think something and not mm -hmm. communicate it. And she yeah, thinks yeah. she's communicated it. And right, I was right. like, oh my God, I do that. Yep, yep, I do that. That's something I need to work on. And so just down to even okay. things like that, just sharing your experience, I think, yeah it, it really really it, it does it, it helps and it means so much mm -hmm. um but Heidi I wanted to ask you about um business and new mums and mums in general so if anyone's listening and they're about to embark on starting their own business what would be your advice and what's so interesting about you actually is you probably didn't go right I'm gonna start a business for mm -hmm. you it was a very organic natural calling Yes. turned it into a business. So do you have any advice? I turned it into a business, but how I did that was, as you said, very organically. And the, the thing that I, I follow my gut, I, I know what my mission is and I'm going to be true to that mission. So for me personally, and this is just me, so I won't do anything that strays from that mission. And the couple of times that I did, I knew immediately I shouldn't have. Um, like I don't endorse products, never have, um, because that's just not true to my mission. Not to say everybody in the world out there should not endorse products. It's just that for me, that's, that doesn't mm. feel right in the gut. Like yeah. I, 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 I know when something is, is right in terms of, 
you know, and you can call it a business plan, but I never had one. Mm. I do things that are right in that moment. And I have to think, do they fit that mission? And I do what I love. I mean, guess what? I hate writing. I hate it. I wish I could find someone to write my books for me, but I can't. Um, I do it because I know it's part of the mission and it's important and I have to keep updating the books and I'm doing it right now. But that's not what I love. What I love is the interaction with moms and dads and, and that makes me happy. So um, I feel do what you love. It doesn't necessarily bring you success. I mean, I was lucky in so many ways. Um, right uterus at the right time, whatever, who knows? But um, I didn't even plan to get pregnant. How could I have planned this? Like none of this. Yeah. None of this. It was all a series of fortuitous events. But but yeah, I I think if you're true to yourself and you're true to your mission and you you'll be good. You'll you'll enjoy what you're doing. That's really what it's about. I never set out to make money. Mm. And once I did, I wanted to invest it in, in, you know, charitable things because that's, that's what makes me happy. I want to, I want to provide this for all moms, not just those who can afford certain things. So anyway, you, you do you is my best advice. And me is different from you. So I can't necessarily tell you, um, do this and you'll be successful. But I think what you're saying is so, it's so true. You know, you've got to do something that really sets your soul on fire. It's that sort of Mm -hmm. like corny quote, isn't it? But no, because because then it doesn't feel like work. work. And there are always elements, like you say, with your writing where, okay, well, that's part of the job that's not my favorite, but I've got to do it to, to get to, to the good stuff. Um, but I think now there's a lot of sort of almost pressure on mums because they might not want to go back to their work. And mm-hmm. you see a lot of mums kind of popping up with these businesses. And even it's happening to me, I'm like, what am I going to have my like moment where I'm like, ding, I've thought of a business. And it doesn't, it doesn't always work like that, you know? And I think sometimes mums feel a bit like, okay, when am I going to have that moment where like I just have the idea and, you know, that means I can have the flexibility. And, and I think what you've touched on and it's what I'm going to take away as well is just even like with my podcast, if you love it, just continue to do it yes. and you don't know where it's going to go. Exactly. And if you exactly. have to do other things in the meantime to pay the bills, then well, that's part of life, but continue with that thing that, it might not be making you money now and it might not be successful in inverted commas in the way that people think things are, you know, like the Instagram world. But if you're loving it and you feel like you have a calling, just keep doing it. Just keep at it. And, and if, you know, and especially for me, it's about providing a service. So if you, if you're adding value to other people's lives, that's a positive in and of itself. It doesn't necessarily pay the bills, but you know, there are people on Instagram who are, you know, out there to support us others. And I think that's, that's incredible. Like that's, that's a win. Yeah. Um, by the way, I didn't make any money on what to expect for a really long time. It was not something that sold immediately. So, you know, it didn't, dissuade me from doing what I felt passionately about. I feel if you stick with it, um, 
then you will eventually get to a place where it's a win-win and not just, you know, win on, on one side. And what I love is what you said really early on in this chat that even just if like a couple of people read it and it helps them, that would be great. As women, we just naturally play very small and we just feel very, (laughs) I do it with this podcast, even if like just one person listens and it helps them make a better decision during their pregnancy or labor or postpartum and anything else is the icing on top of the cake. And it's just so beautiful that what you've done is just help millions of women when all you really wanted to just you know if I can help anyone that's great you know it's so pure and genuine but it's true if you think about it that way because I don't think about you know whatever I don't know how many books 40 million I don't I don't even know 40 languages if I try to think in those kinds of terms um 25 million moms on what to expect I can't think of it that way. I think of the one mom I'm talking to on instant message or something. I'm I'm thinking about the one mom I one mom I've helped. That to me means everything. So it's not like these. It's sort of just one at a time. Yeah. In the same way, that's how the success ultimately happened: is one mom hearing the podcast or whatever, and then telling another mom telling another mom, I call that word of mom, you know, because just this organic way of moms helping moms. And if, if that happens on a big scale, great. And if it doesn't still great, right? Word of mom. Oh, I love that, Heidi. I love that. Um, Okay. We're going to do a quick fire round now. Um, Heidi, what is your one piece of advice for first time moms? Oh, hands down stop and smell the babies like that is my favorite piece of advice because i did not follow it you know they say that the days are long the years you know go by in a flash and that's basically what you've got i mean somehow my baby is now a a mother of two other kids like how did that happen i should have savored more of those moments and you won't always savor every single one but they don't smell that sweet forever so stop and, and just snuggle up and enjoy that moment. Yeah, I was telling myself that today because our baby ended up in our bed last night. This is a new thing. Huh. And I was like, Do you know what? Just enjoy it. Like yes. take the pressure off and just enjoy the cuddles because she is going to be grown up you- before you know it. Yeah, no, it just you blink and it happens. And I, I think back with some regret over the moments that I was, you know, just too annoyed to enjoy. Yeah. But that's but we're also me. human. And there's some days you are just that's my second exhausted. Is that there's no such thing as a perfect mom. No, we are human moms. Right? Gotta remember that. Oh Heidi, you have some golden nuggets i love it hugh mums um your top three essential pregnancy and newborn items and i know you don't endorse items but are there any things and they don't have to be branded but are there anything or services even that are your sort of essentials that you recommend doula, for sure i feel like doulas are the missing link in maternal health So especially important for moms who don't feel empowered for any reason, but great for any couple 
who can enjoy that support because you will have a doctor or nurse like once in a while in your in your birthing room, but you will not have them 24 seven um, and around the clock. And that's why a doula is there to support you, both of you, um, not to deliver your baby, but there to support you. So I think a doula is especially important. Um, I also think uh, every mom should, uh, well, for newborn needs, you have, you need love, unconditional love. You need arms to snuggle and skin to do skin to skin. This goes for moms and for dads. Um, you probably also need a snot sucker. Snot mm. suckers, candy. those are really good. Um, and a safe sleep space. Yeah, I emphasize that enough um, because there are many safe. Uh, there are many sleep spaces that are not safe. It's important to have one, and I also really, really recommend baby wearing. Um, it helps uh, improve your mood. It keeps baby happier. Um, in cultures where babies are worn more, they cry less, mm. um, and it gives you your hands free. Yeah, uh, so I feel like moms and dads should wear their babies if possible so a sling whatever makes you happy and comfortable but uh get some sort of way of of wearing your baby um and then support for your belly support for your belly and i was just doing a something on vulvar vulvar varicosities um so varicose veins in your in your uh labia so I feel it's important to to have those support garments that support every part of your body. Hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I really wanted a doula, um, but because of COVID, we weren't able to have one. Mm, but what I yeah. did do was I did a hypnobirthing course with my husband, and so he basically was my doula, and oh, he felt so empowered, and he knew like he he had a role, and you know, if I had my time again, I would, I would still want a doula. Cause I think like you said, they're kind of the, the missing piece of the puzzle. Um, right. but I, because of COVID and we weren't able to, it really helped doing that course together because he knew, he knew what was going on. Exactly. And I love hypnobirthing. I think that's something that every mom should look into. So, I mean, even, you know, here's the thing, even if you know, like my daughter, that um, Emma, that you, you have an epidural with your name on it, even then, like, yeah, your, yeah. there's such a misconception about hypnobirthing. It doesn't mean you're no. going to just have a natural birth. It's basically just education. That's, it's, that's what it is. And it's a skill that you're going to need as a new mom. Um, knowing how to relax in the moment, um, be focused. So I feel it's it's beneficial no matter what. Yeah. So yeah, such and an advocate of it. The doing classes together—that's awesome. You know, th- that's another thing I have to say. There's nothing that a mother can do besides give birth and breastfeed that a father can't do just as well, if not better, given the opportunity. And I feel there is even you know even now as much as fatherhood has evolved we still do way too much of the keeping them on the sidelines and i i think it's so important for them to be involved in every part of of the process that they can be um and not as babysitters 
you know, but as, as true partners in parenting, which they are and should be. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole other conversation we could have because it's something I have really struggled with and I'm getting better, but we've had so many conversations where my husband's like, you are making it so hard for me to help you. Maternal gatekeeping. It is a thing. It's really, really a thing. And I think it was Dr. Tracy who, who first you told me that term, but it, I, I've always talked about how the women folk always keep men away. And then they're always saying like, you never help, you never help. And as soon as they try to help, you're doing it all wrong. We judge ourselves as women so much, so much. And then we project on others. So that's why we judge each other, which is bad, bad, bad news. We should not judge each other. We should support each other like guys do. Guys support each other. They yeah. don't judge each other. Um, so yeah, we 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 all have to work on that. Um, I was lucky. Eric was from day one, he was better at it than I was. And um, and then we grew into doing it together, which is what it's all about. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it takes time and you have to work at it. And I was very surprised at how I was as a mother. I thought I would be very laid back. I thought I would be, yeah, you know, have the baby and I'm going to go have a shower. And I just wasn't like that. And I'm still consciously working on it and it's getting better. And when you actually allow them to have that time and just you step away, take yourself away, (laughs) um, it's lovely because they have that time and they need that as well. They do, you know, men release oxytocin, they experience mm-hmm. changes in hormones during pregnancy and postpartum, just like we do, not exactly just like we do, they don't grow breasts, but you know, there there's a reason why nature does that. Nature does that to bring out the nurturer yeah. in the male of the species, and we have to let it happen. They are biologically programmed to parent, to nurture. Yeah. And if we let, well, if we raise nurturing boys to be nurturing men, then we wouldn't have a lot of the problems that we have in this world, let's face it. Yeah, and we've got to stop being martyrs and trying to do everything ourselves and then moaning that we don't have any help, but we don't ask for help. And then when we do, we criticize. And yeah, it's a a massive topic. It's a huge one. What's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before you became a mum? That I would, I would have to learn it all, that I, it wouldn't come naturally. I think um, I expected um, giving birth that I would be bathed, you know, you know, the heavens would open up and it would just maternal instincts and love would just shower down on me. And I gave birth. And I didn't feel anything like that. Like I just felt relief that three and a half hours of pushing was over. So I wish someone had had, had let me know that you know it's it's a it's a process. Mm. You know, being a mom feeling like a mom is a process. I I distinctly remember not feeling like a mom and looking in the mirror, holding my baby, and thinking, "You imposter!" Like. You are so not a mom who you're trying to fool. And it took time for me to feel comfortable in that role. So yes, I wish someone had prepared me for that. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, 
yeah I think there's a lot of expectation and for some women it does just happen instantly so then when it might not happen for you you're like huh hang on why am I not feeling all these wonderful emotions and um you're also because we have social media your expectations and pressures are so much higher mm -hmm. because all these other moms in their moment and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. No, for sure. There are lots of moms who give birth and maybe it's because they have always wanted to be a mom or they, you know, held a lot of babies before. Maybe they're just lucky. Um, for me, it did not happen. And important distinction, it eventually happened. And I didn't have postpartum depression. A lot of moms who have that, you know, yeah. trouble bonding or attaching you want to make sure that doesn't, you know, that you're progressively feeling more like a mom instead of, you know, it, it getting progressively worse yeah. or you just feel completely detached. So that's an important distinction, but that said, I did not feel anything. When I held her in my arms the first time, it didn't feel natural or comfortable. Mm -hmm. And yes, that happens, but don't put all that pressure on yourself to feel something that you don't and and just do that skin to skin which releases oxytocin let it happen you know for both of you yeah it's important. yeah i mean that they're, they're a stranger at the end of the day you've got to take the time to get to know each other and um, that's where the oxytocin comes in handy and that's exactly where it's, it's critical and especially for fathers who may not you know they're not breastfeeding so they spend less time with a child against their skin. But if they do, babies don't care if there's fur, that oxytocin flows freely. Yeah. That's what bonds them together for life. What's your favorite thing about being a mom? Being a grandmother. Oh. <laughs> Is that terrible? No, my <laughs> mom would probably say the same. Oh, it's because when I held Emma, I felt so awkward. And when I felt held Lennox for the first time, it felt so natural. Um, I love, I love, there were hard times, there were good times. Um, I love the, you know, the snuggles. I mm. wish I had paid more attention to them as they were happening. But yeah, you got to say, being a grandparent is like nothing else. Uh, and it, it's not what they say, you know, it's so much better than even they say, but it's not about like, oh, you get to send them home. It's not that at all. Like I would keep them 24 seven if I mm. could. Um, it's that level of comfort that enjoy that I, I wish I had, I wish I'd stop and smell the babies more. So yeah. this is my, my second chance. You get second to do it effort. with them. Yes. Exactly. And Finally, Heidi, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? Tired? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, tired uh, forever. Um, a process. I would say... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... I should have... I should have thought about that one. No, that is perfect. And yeah. the process part is so relevant to how I feel this week. It is such a process. And just when you think you're in a rhythm and you've got it cracked, they throw you a curveball and you're like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my goodness. Exactly. You know, I just say, you know, sit back and, you know, buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride, but try to enjoy the ride as much as you can. Yeah. I'm really trying. There's going to be a bump ahead somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the one thing you can be sure of. Yeah. I'm a big fan of knocking on wood. Like I'm always knocking on wood. Oh, baby sleeping through the night. I knock on wood, you know. Yeah, just- me too. And you almost don't want to talk about when they are sleeping well because you'll do it and then they'll stop sleeping well. Um, I don't know if there's a scientific evidence to back that up, but I feel like there's got to be. <laughs> yeah, you just become very superstitious, don't you? You, as do, you, do, you do. I'm not um, recommending that by any means. I'm just saying. It's, yeah. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. Heidi, thank you so much. You are honestly, I have a list of dream guests and you were right at the top. And it's honestly, it's such an honor to get to speak to you. And thank you for just sharing so much and all the incredible work you do. Um, I'm going to share more information on our socials about bump day. I know obviously it's, it's not until July, um, but I think it's really important to have these conversations and um, I want my community here in, in Dubai, in the UAE to know more about the work that you're doing and how, and how they can help. So just thank you so much. Thank you. And, and, and stop and smell that baby. Okay. I will. me I will and I'll put all the information in the show notes for your podcast as well and your Instagram account um and where people can find you so thank you so much thank you was fun thank you so much once again to Heidi and what an honor to have such an icon as the first guest of this series you can find links to Heidi's website and the amazing what to expect app in the show notes below You can also find links below to our social media accounts, along with info on our recently launched Meaningful Mama Mornings, which take place every month here in Dubai. With these Mama Mornings, we are so thrilled to be able to bring you a different expert guest in person each month from infant sleep consultants, weaning experts, parenting coaches, and so much more. So I really hope to see you at one of our events in the near future. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Friday's Child the Podcast to help us reach more wonderful mamas. Until next time, thank you for listening.